Welcome to the Runners Who Wine podcast. I'm your co-host, Nicole, a certified personal trainer, runner, and self-proclaimed wine connoisseur. And with me is the always amazing Anne-Marie. She's a DVRT master instructor, fellow runner, and wine lover. This podcast is your jam if you're looking for authentic, unfiltered product reviews, information on all things running, and real talk regarding everything that fuels our runs, including a big old glass of wine. So pour yourself a glass and let's get started. Welcome to episode three. Today we are going to be talking about cold weather running tips, which I know is in Anne-Marie's wheelhouse. Or is. But um, actually before we get started with this topic, Anne-Marie, I have to tell you about a dream that I had. Oh, please do. (laughs) So I ran a half marathon this past weekend and um, I did really well. It was awesome, but we'll talk about that another time. But I always get a little bit of anxiety the night before a race that my alarm's not going to go off and I'm going to miss the whole thing. Every single race, it doesn't matter. I've done a million races at this point and every night before a race, I set about three different alarms. I make Will set an alarm and I check it probably five times before I actually go to bed. Okay. Without fail, I wake up in the middle of the night and check again that my alarm is set. I always have a hard time falling asleep. I don't know what it is. Like I'm not a typically anxious person, but I get a little anxiety the day before race. So anyway, I went through this whole thing. I set all my alarms, had Will set his alarms, finally fell asleep. And I have a nightmare that I wake up on time, surprisingly, and there are all these things in my way of getting to the race. So first, for some reason... This is the stupidest thing. I don't ever recommend doing this before a race. Which is a bunch of wine. (laughs) It was not a bunch of wine. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it was. um, I had made reservations to have breakfast. Oh. A sit-down breakfast before the race with my parents and with Will and with you. Apparently, you were running this race with me. Oh, that's exciting. So there are all these delays in getting out the door to get to breakfast. My dad didn't want to leave. It was too early, which is not like my dad. My dad is always the first person anywhere. And then there was a bear cub on the loose that we were trying to rein in. I know this is all very realistic. Anyway, finally, we get to breakfast and we sit down and it's 7 a.m. And the race starts at 730. And I I get there and I'm like, I don't know, Anne-Marie, maybe we should just go to the race. And you were, no, it's chip timed. We can get there whenever we want and just run it whenever we want. And for anyone that doesn't know what chip timed is, that just means that your personal time starts when you cross the starting line and it ends when you cross the finish line. There's a little chip tracking you. So it doesn't matter what time the first person crosses, you're kind of running your own race time. But, you know, a lot of races have time limits. So you have to start at some point to make sure you finish before the time limit. But anyway, you were like, no, I want my breakfast. I'm going to sit here and it'll be fine. And I was like, Anne-Marie, we have to go to the race. We're going to miss the race. That's so me. And, and anyway, then I woke up and it was fine. But it was so bizarre that one, you were running this race with me and right. two, that I was, um, that you were just like so nonchalant about it. Like, we'll just, we'll get there when we get there. I mean, I don't think I'm nonchalant, but like breakfast before anything. 
<laughs> like I don't function without food. So I'd be like, yeah, yeah we're eating first. Like, don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. But oh, anyway, so Anne-Marie, what kind of wine are you drinking today? Oh, wow. I'm so, I'm so glad you asked. Um, DNA Vineyards, wow. Russian River Valley. It is a Pinot Noir uh, from 2016. The description's rather lengthy, so I'm going to pick a little segment on the back that just describes the the taste of it. It says, this deeply colored pinot bursts with aromas of rose petal, honeysuckle, and cardamom. Flavors of ripe Santa Rosa plums with a hint of new French oak will charm your palate. Wow. Charm. That sounds delicious. Right? What about you, Nicole? Anything exciting in your glass? Um, Yes. I'm drinking poison. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) So naughty. I know. It's a, um, it's pink poison. doesn't even say that it's a rosé. It just says pink poison, but it has a skull and crossbones. Oh my goodness. And the description is our pink poison, as we nicknamed it, embodies the bold and edgy qualities of Hendrix while offering the finesse and grandeur fit for a queen. Brilliant ruby in color, this 2015 rosé, oh, so it does say rosé, shines with flavors of fresh strawberries, cool watermelon, zippy peaches, and nectarines. I don't know what a zippy peach tastes like. Um, Well, actually, now I do. It's in this wine, but um, (laughs) it's zippy. It's It's bright and bold for an intoxicating finish. Listen, so I, that sounds amazing because I don't know... I'm also a gin drinker for those of you who care to know this. So when it says Hendrix, like I'm thinking it has like that really crisp, like uh, cucumber flavor along with the, the other peachy zippy peach flavors that you describe. Uh, see, I didn't know if they were referring to Hendrix, like Jimi <laughs> Hendrix, cause it says edgy, but it's also oh. fit for a queen. Oh, maybe. I'm just interpreting, like, I'm an alcoholic, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going based on gin, gin brands versus, like, people. <laughs> That's amazing. I think we should take uh, wine labels to philosophy classes and just have them dissect it and see what happens, what everybody right? takes away from the, from the label. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, let's get into today's topic. Yes. We are talking Sorry. about... Cold weather running tips. And uh, for those of you that know or don't know, Anne Marie lives in uh, central New York, which is one of the coldest places ever, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like literally we've had 140 inches of snow so far, and it's only January. Oh my so, God. welcome to my world. And yeah, it's no, it's, super cold and it's really snowy so let me let me uh educate you (laughs) yeah I'm gonna let you take it away because I have I lived in New York for a while and actually went to college in Syracuse which is in central New York so I know a little bit about cold weather running but you are definitely the queen so I'm gonna let you kick things off with your tips and I'll chime in Oh, goodness. So where to even start? So like, it's funny. See, I see a lot of people who are in more southern or temperate climate, so to speak, and they're like literally bundled up and it's like 40 degrees. And I all I can think of is what are you doing? You're going to overheat and die (laughs) because you can't put on like three layers and go out there and run eight miles and not want to like 
take two of those layers off. Um, I talked about it before on my blog, but I, I have a handy layering chart. So to break it down really briefly, um, if you're at like 30 degrees I and it's not like a sleeting terrible snowstorm, which I'd advise you to probably not run in, um, you know, two tops, a bottom, maybe some like a long sleeve tights, maybe a vest if you're feeling real froggy, like you're good to go. I ran a, a race, a 5k like uh, last week, it was 28 degrees. I had on a tank top, a jacket, like some nice fleece line tights, no gloves, no hat. It felt like a, like a heat wave and I was fine. Um, but that's, that's all relative. So, but like, you don't want to, you don't want to overdress, but if it's like 10 to 20 degrees, you know, two tops, two bottoms, a jacket, wind pants, if you're feeling like it's super cold for you, make sure that you have some sort of gloves, some sort of hat. Um, if it's zero to 10 degrees, I would recommend maybe three tops, one being a fleece line top, two bottoms, maybe like a base layer and a tight and definitely a jacket, obviously with a hat and gloves. Um, and then, you know, if it's below zero, you know, three to three tops, three bottoms, a jacket, gloves, mittens, scarves, like you want some Vaseline on your lips. You want to make sure that you, you have a, something covering your nose, like um, just really covered up, maybe even two, two layers of gloves. Um, I wear a lot of wool uh, socks or merino wool socks. So even two layers at that point, if it's really cold and then if it's below 20, like, don't be stupid. Stay inside. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a hero and it's and like die from, um, you know, frostbite. So, I mean, that's like a really quick guide. Um, but most like to take away from that merino wool socks, um, some really nice gloves that aren't you're not going to like overheat because I feel like my hands are always the first to get warm, especially if it's in that like 20 to 30 degree range. Something on your head. Um, and just maybe like some fleece lined pants and a, a vest. I love running vests. So what do you do about socks? Because I know for me, when, when the weather's cold, the most important things for me are to cover up my extremities. So sure. toes, fingers, ears are the most important things that'll really help keep you insulated and warm when you're running in the cold. Yep. But, you know, your running shoes fit you a certain way. So... It's, it's hard to layer up on socks and still fit into your shoes to not mess up your run. Do you have any tips I mean, there? Well, that's a good point. So I wear shoes with, or like running shoes with inserts. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll usually have those merino wool socks and then maybe like a thinner sock over it or a thinner base sock and then like a thicker uh, merino wool sock over it. Um, I also have like, if it's really snowy and I know that my feet are going to like encounter a lot of, you know, maybe like saturation or inches of snow, I'll wear more trail specific shoes that are, will cover that. Um, there's also something that I've seen and not tried, but they're called like shoe hoodies, which you can attach to the front of your shoes and it'll help like, uh, keep the barrier of moisture out and it'll help keep your feet warmer. Oh, that's interesting. 
stuff. I'll have to see those. I don't recommend putting like feet, like hand warmers, like right underneath the pads of your feet. I've done that before. <laughs> I've had to stop like mid run and take them out because I thought my feet were going to catch on fire. Uh, um, so don't do that. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting to me because I came from New York and I used to run, you know, training through winter was tough, but I used to do it all the time. And I would get out there and run no matter what the temperature was. I would just throw on a bunch of layers. And now that I live in Austin, I am such a baby. It took me less than a year to be such a wuss about the cold. And granted, I've never liked the cold, but now when it's 40 degrees, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. It's a little chilly. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas today it was like 40 degrees and I'm like, I don't need a coat. Who needs that? Like, that's stupid. Um, but like, what do you do with that, that weird transition? Like, how do you layer down there? Because we either are like, we're going to die from like tundra cold or we're like hot, like I'm hot enough where I don't need layers. So like, what do you do when you're in that in between? Yeah. So I've, I've started doing, um, I'll do leggings, usually just one pair. You don't need to go overboard here in Texas, (laughs) but, uh, I'll do leggings. I'll do a sweat wicking tank top. So nothing, nothing fleecy, nothing cotton. And then I'll do, a light long sleeve over that, usually a tech tee that I got from a race. And I might do a jacket, uh, but something that I can easily wrap around my waist in case it does get warm. Because mm-hmm. the thing about Texas is it, it sometimes gets cold in the morning and at night, but in the afternoon, the temperature swings are insane. We've really? had days where it's 25 degrees in the morning and at two o'clock in the afternoon, it's sev- it's uh, almost 70. So wow. if you're going out for a long run, you might experience a 20 degree temperature shift in your two hour run. So I'll usually bring, um, I'll start with gloves that I might take off. I'll start with um, some ear warmers that I might take off and a jacket that I might end up wrapping around my waist. But that's the nice thing about layers. As long as you have somewhere you can wrap them around or run, make sure that you're running back by your house and just drop them off in your front yard something like that. So that if you do get warm, you can easily shed layers. Yeah. That's a good tip because I feel like I want to take off, like, it's like either my layers are like, I'll take off one pair of gloves and like put them in my pocket or I'll take off a hat. Like those are things that I don't need to like physically shed as much as I can like put in my pocket. So that's a good point. Um, Yeah. Maybe running a route where you can like, discard something yeah or or pick it back up on your way home right if you're running in your neighborhood and nobody will steal it um another thing that always happens to me when I run in the cold is my iPhone is more of a wuss than I am when it comes to the cold weather and once the weather dips below a certain degree it just does not want to function so if you are running in the cold and you have an iPhone just be conscious of that, especially if you're going on a long run for safety's sake. Make sure someone knows where you're going, what time you're going to be back in case your iPhone shuts off and you're not able to call somebody. Yeah. Just make sure you have some sort of backup plan because your iPhone might get testy mm-hmm. and be a wuss and shut down on you in the cold. Otherwise, keep it bundled <laughs> under your layers. Keep it in your innermost pocket. Wrap it in a glove and put it in your pocket. So that and only take it out for emergencies when it's cold, 
so that it doesn't, it'll have as much life as it can until it decides it's uh, over it. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I, it was recently where like we hit, I I refused. It was like, we were colder than Alaska here by like several degrees. And I'm like, I am not going outside. It was maybe even been in Antarctica. I don't even know. It was really cold. I'm like, I am not going outside until it's above zero. So finally, like the temperature hit and it was going to increase dramatically that day. So I knew as I progressed on my long run, like it was going to get warmer. But I also knew, like you mentioned, that my phone was not going to function. Um, Like it would just and I was I'm the type of person that like I'll take my phone out every few miles to like what time is it? Like what messages do I have? Like kind of keep me occupied. So I ended up keeping my phone at home. Um, I mean, I ran like a looped route, so I was close enough, but yeah, I couldn't even bring it with me because it wasn't even going to function in that type of cold. Yeah. It's crazy. It hates me. And I had to like take pictures like when I got home because obviously I wanted to post them to Instagram. But like, yeah, I had to like wait until I was warm. (laughs) Like my fingers were ready to function to take pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Clearly this is a sponsored ad for iPhone and how well they function. Not at all. (laughs) Um, So another thing I want to talk about since we're talking about cold weather is ice and snow. What is the best way to run when it's icy and snowy? out when is it too cold too icy and snowy out like when is it not even safe anymore is there a special gear to use when it's icy and snowy out what are your thoughts on all of that well so I think when it's you know there's there's a time that it's like totally fine like if it's it's a little bit of ice on the ground and you have some yak track so you want some traction so either your shoes have traction or there's another product called yak tracks which they're basically like uh grippers that you can attach the bottom of your shoes they have like little metal spikes in them that make um that traction a lot easier and you won't fall um they do make running a little bit more challenging like I find that my pace slows down but if it's really that cold where it's icy out you shouldn't be trying to like you know go full full speed ahead anyway um but if it's to a point where it's like, I think it's below 10 degrees and the salt on the ground isn't going to stick anymore, like it's not going to do anything, you you might not want to choose to run out on a road that isn't properly paved. Um, you know, there's certain parks that are fine that salt has been laid down and it's not super icy or like maybe the roads are like really heavily traveled and that's okay, but it's once it starts to dip down into those below freezing temperatures, um, that salt isn't going to stick and your, your yak tracks might not work. So just be conscious. And you know, if the snow, like where I live, it's not even the cold. It's like the height of the snow banks. Like that's my main concern when I'm running outside. It's like, if they're taller than me, how is, (laughs) how is traffic going to see me if I'm rounding a corner and am I safe? And if I don't feel like somebody can see, if I can't see them, then they probably can't see me. And it's probably best to stay inside at that point. So yeah, it's just common sense. Yeah. I would say from my time in New York, definitely go slow. If it's snowy and icy out, don't even worry about your pace. If you really need to get out for a few miles, just go for a few, cut it a few short if you need to, stay close to home, do a little Uh loop. 
um, and just go slow, especially if it's snowing. If you can't see in front of you very well, it's probably not a good idea to run. And here in Austin, they, I mean, they're such babies when it comes to snow and ice. Anne-Marie, it's, it's laughable, but at the same time, I I kind of understand it. We had, um, I think it was last week there was, they predicted a snowstorm and I say that in air quotes because (laughs) it was going to dip and be very cold. It was going to be windy and they predicted some snow and ice. The schools shut down at 9 p.m. the day before the storm was supposed to happen. Offices were closed. Um, You know, people were planning to work from home or just not even work at all. I woke up in the morning and there was nothing on the ground. No snow, nothing. Everything was still closed. The highway shut down. Oh, my gosh. What happened was eventually later in the morning, it did start like little baby hail was coming down. Right. So a little light ice. And Austin doesn't have salt trucks. They don't salt the streets. They don't have snow plows in case it actually does snow enough that you need to plow it. They don't know how to deal with the snow. So, you know, the little ice was sticking and causing black ice patches and ice patches. So it does get dangerous even for runners down here then, even though for me, I was like, okay, it's 20 something degrees. I can run in this. This is something I'm used to from New York. It's icy and you don't know where the ice is and cars, if there's anybody on the road, which there's probably not, don't know how to drive in icy weather. There's not, you know, cars don't have four wheel drive down here. They don't need it unless they have a big pickup truck, which actually a lot of people in Austin do. But (laughs) conveniently, (laughs) just be, even if you don't live in the coldest area of the world, if it does get cold, just be cautious. If you have to go out for a run, don't feel bad about hitting the treadmill. The treadmill's really not that bad. We will do another episode on our tips for the treadmill. But if you have to do that every now and then, you know, put on a good show and just rock it out. (laughs) Reschedule your run. It's not the end of the world if you have to miss a run because it's too cold. No, those are all really good points. I think cold is is relative, right? So like you said, you've been down there for a while and maybe 30 degrees feels really cold to you or I'm walking outside without a jacket on. But, you know, like you said, if if it's too icy where people aren't used to it and they're not driving safely, like there's nothing wrong with opting inside. Just like when there's, it's, you know, below zero and there's four feet of snow on the ground there's nothing wrong with me taking it to the treadmill um and there's there are ways like you said to get (laughs) uh you're running on the treadmill without feeling totally awful about it so um you know cold weather running isn't for everybody as much as a lot of people complain about it being cold I am one of those people that complain about it being hot so I'm really interested to see what you have to say once we approach warmer weather about how to deal with um, the the hot weather and how oh, to run. Yeah, it. I've definitely yeah. been learning that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. So before we close this out, are there any, I know you mentioned running vests um, and yak tracks. Are there any, what's your favorite piece of gear that you think you probably couldn't live without when it comes to running in the cold and the snow? I mean, having a good pair of gloves is essential. I think that goes without saying. Um, Honestly, I really, really, like an Under Armour, like a long sleeve, like Under Armour type turtleneck. I don't know if 
that's me outdating myself, but like whatever they want to call it, like, uh, you know, something that comes up higher on your neck, like long sleeve. I, I have under armor. I really enjoy those. Um, but also a running vest because chances are, unless you like literally live in like the frozen tundra, you're going to get hot at some point. So a running vest is amazing because it keeps your core warm, but it allows the rest of you to breathe once you start to warm up. Um, I found a lot of luck through Reebok, um, also through Brooks. I found a lot of running vests that I really like. And the merino wool socks have been a lifesaver. Yeah, Even if you have to wear them. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll bring you a pair when I come down. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. That's awesome. So, yeah, th- those are my essentials. What about you in an area that's a little bit more temperate? Um, I agree. I actually have a running vest that I really like. It's probably not a thick one like you have, but it's a nice layer that keeps my arms a little free and isn't as restricting as a big jacket or layers and layers of jackets. Right. Um, I also, I also, I'm a big fan of arm warmers. They're, Uh you know, they go on, a lot of them have thumb holes, which I love. Can't live without a good thumb hole. But they, they're not full gloves. They just cover from your basically thumb crease. I'm sure there's a more scientific term for that. But the like webbing between your thumb and forefinger from like half your hand all the way up past your elbow to probably your mid bicep. Uh, and they're great to have for colder runs that might warm up because you can just roll them right down if you get warm. Um, I think those are really great. And of course, gloves. I actually have a pair of $5 gloves that I got in an expo, which are the best purchase I ever made. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, gloves, vests, arm warmers are probably mine. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and all stuff that you can find at like a local running store or, um, I found a lot of stuff even on Amazon (laughs) before. Um, I'm a huge fan of Amazon for random stuff like that. Um, Especially like the running gloves. Like if you can't find them at your local running store, um, if you need a pair of throwaway gloves for like a race that's a little bit colder, I'm a huge fan of those as well. Yeah. And one big tip I just want to reiterate, when you're running in the cold, you might be inclined to put on a base layer that is a warmer fabric than something that's sweat sweat wicking. And I just urge you not to do that because what happens is if you are wearing something like a cotton, uh, you're going to sweat still, even though you're cold. When you start going, you're going to sweat and your sweat is liquid. You know, it's not going to stay warm when it's clinging to that cotton. So something that's sweat wicking is still key for a base layer. Whatever's closest to your skin should still be a good solid material. Yeah, no, that's a really good tip because I think a lot of people are just, you, you think you're going to be a lot colder than you actually are. And then within like the first half a mile to a mile, you're like so hot. You wish you could ditch a layer. (laughs) Uh, And that's not always possible. So I, I mentioned it to somebody on Instagram the other day and I'm like, I've learned over time not to overdress. Yeah. Yeah. You're always cold at first, but after that first, like you said, a half mile, you're going to start warming up and you'll be able to feel your fingers and toes again. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) And if you can't, if you're like two miles in and you still can't feel anything, it's probably time to turn back and go home. Yeah, probably. Don't know. Frostbite's bad for everybody. (laughs) 
because you'll get sick and you'll feel miserable. And actually our next episode, we are going to be talking about racing or running when you're sick, when you should run and when you should just give it up and just rest. So we'll give tips for that as well as preventing getting sick so that you can continue with your training. Yeah. As I was told recently, we're in the A flu or flu A, however you want to put it, season right now and come February, March. So when our next episode's really ready to air after this, uh, we're going to be in flu B or B flu, whatever season. So we're going to be getting hit hard again by all those those uh, colds. And it's important to know when it's safe and when it's not safe to go out for a run or to actually race. Yeah. So we hope you'll be back in two weeks to join us for that fun discussion. Oh, <laughs> bring some tissues. Bring some <laughs> tissues. <laughs> oh, but yeah, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back in two weeks. Be sure to check out the show notes for everything we chatted about today. And for more from me, Nicole, check out fitfulfocus.com and from Anne-Marie at thefitfoodiemama.com. And for any questions, you can email us at runnerswhowine, that's wine like the beverage, at gmail.com.